Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Mini Break, your daily podcast for the big storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Thursday, February 8th. Today's podcast going to truly be a mini break in the sense that I'm going to offer my thoughts on the past 24 hours in the pro tennis world, but I'm going to do so in a rapid fire fashion. The reason for that isn't because I thought the last 24 hours weren't interesting. No, it's because we got to get geared up here at Crack Rackets for the start of one of our busiest weekends on the calendar. It's time to kick off our coverage of one of my favorite events, the 2024 ITA National Team Indoor Championships beginning this weekend with the women's event in Seattle. Of course, we'll have coverage of every main draw match, first ball to last, on our Cracked Rackets YouTube channel. That coverage starts tomorrow at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern. Again, if you are unfamiliar with the college tennis world, this is the week weekend to dip your toes into the shallow end of the college tennis pool. These are 16 of the best teams in the country, all descending upon one location for the right to be named national champion. It will feature some of the most energetic, some of the most passionate, some of the most enthusiastic tennis you will see anywhere in the world at any level, at any given moment of any given season. It's also going to be an extraordinary level of tennis. Do I need to point you to the names, the Emma Navarros, the Peyton Stearns, the Diana Schneiders, who have already each come so quickly from the collegiate ranks and established themselves as top 100 players? You want to find out who those next college to pro stars might be? Well, I promise you, they're all going to be competing this weekend. You can follow each and every match again on our Cracked Rackets YouTube channel. You can hear a preview of the event over on the Great Shot podcast feed. You're also going to be able to hear recaps each and every day of this event, whether those recaps are going to be here on the Mini Break podcast feed or over on the Great Shot podcast feed. Still to be determined, but again, this weekend, we're locked in to the college tennis world as, again, 16 of the best women's teams in the country competing for one of just two national championships offered each and every college tennis season against the ITA Division One. National Team Indoor Championships. Our coverage of the women's event beginning Friday, 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, taking you all the way through Championship Monday as well. And then we kick things all off again next Friday as well as the Division One men's event begins in New York. So as I like to say, it's one of my favorite 10-day stretches we have each and every year on the calendar. It's the best of the best in the college tennis world. Minimum three matches for every top team. It's just, it's everything you dream for as a college tennis fan. I think more broadly, it's everything you dream of as a tennis fan as well. So again, this is the weekend, listeners. If you aren't already, come join us. Come become a fan of the college tennis world. We got room for all of you tennis fans more broadly. Uh, Pick a team, latch on to them. You're going to have some fun. A lot of good teams to choose from as well. So again, coverage of the Division I ITA Team National Indoor Championships begins Friday. 
Friday, 9 a.m. Pacific on our Cracked Rackets YouTube channel. That said, just because we're going to stop our world to cover this collegiate event doesn't mean things are going to stop in the pro tennis world more broadly. Thus, this theme of rapid fire episodes that may persist over the course of the next two days in particular as it's 14-hour broadcast Friday, 14-hour broadcast Saturday. I'll be lucky if I'm able to monitor scores from the pro tennis world, let alone go back, watch the film, and break things down with the depth I typically try to do here on this show. So again, apologies in advance for the abbreviated nature of these mini-break podcasts not just over the next few days, but throughout the course of this two-week national indoor season. I'll try to do better with better depth at the front end of each and every week, but appreciate all of your patience in advance, listeners, and I will do my best to try to never leave you all high and dry at a minimum. I'll try to crank out a 10, 15-minute episode as I'm doing here tonight to at least keep you up to date on everything happening in the tennis world. I do appreciate so many of you tennis fans choosing us here at Crack Rackets to keep you apprised on information like the biggest storyline results at controversies from the pro tennis world. Again, I don't want to leave you hanging, so I wanted to have an episode for all of you listeners here today. Let's rapid fire through it all. Abu Dhabi, Cluj-Napoca, Marseille, Dallas, Cordoba will pick up on the 125k event challenger events later on in the weekend for now i just want to focus on the five tour level events a shout out as always to our friends at tennis point tennis point.com the promo code is cr15 a thank you for their support but without further ado let's get into what was a busy thursday in the pro tennis world let's start with abu dhabi we knew it was going to be a straightforward day, right? I, I think you looked at the draw. Certainly the most intriguing match was between top seed Elena Rabakina, qualifier Danielle Collins. And for what it's worth, that match delivered the goods. Ultimately, Collins, the former Australian Open finalist who's made clear this is going to be her final season on tour. And again, she's relatively young in tour years, like fewer than 10 years. But keep in mind, there's someone who played four years of college tennis, someone who's dealt with a lot of injuries. So you can understand maybe why Collins sees the finish line in the way that she does even if it still feels like she hasn't played that many matches been that uh been a part of our lives for that long at least at the pro level still she's brought her best tennis to start these first few weeks of 2024 maybe there's a freedom that comes with knowing the finish line is in sight she pushed Elena Rabakina to the brink particularly first set I mean she was dictating pretty freely throughout the course of the match now Rabakina broken four times in this one I, didn't, I just didn't see the sting on her serve, the spots. I didn't think she was hitting them particularly well. Was playing towards the Danielle Collins strike zone too frequently. I thought she should have gone to jamming the body earlier as a counter to Collins making contact so purely on the return of serve. But, you know, again, ultimately Rabakina's elite power tennis wearing down the movement of Danielle Collins. Collins broken six times in the match despite making 64% of her first serve speaks to the... Elite power tennis, Elena Rabakina is capable of playing. Was it her most consistent match? No, nevertheless, it's another victory for Elena Rabakina, who, by the way, now with this run into the quarterfinals, of course, uh, here in Abu Dhabi. Look at most quarterfinals over the course of the last 52 weeks. Elena Rabakina making her ninth quarterfinal. Uh, that is the seventh most amongst top 100 players 
on the WTA Tour. She's got a date with lucky loser Christina Buxa. A massive week for Buxa. Obviously, up to uh, nine spots now, back up to number 65, is the 26-year-old Buxa. 7-6-7-5 win over qualifier Heather Watson. But again, this was the section of the draw where number seven seed pulled out before the event. Buxa gets a lucky loser into the main draw. She's made the most of it. Wins over Wang Xinyu. Win over uh, Heather Watson now into the quarterfinals with for a date with Elena Rabakina. I'll tell you what, it's a loaded set of quarterfinals. As you look at our other winners on the day, Krechikova, 6-2-1-love. Uh, she advances over Cerebus Tormo, who's forced to retire due to injury. And then it's the best week of Ludmilla Samsonova's 2024 season after a disastrous first three events of the year. First round losses in Brisbane, Adelaide, Australian Open. Although two of the three losses were to Mira Andriva and Amanda Nisimova, respectively. But again, she was 0-3 coming into this week. Uh, obviously, you look at what she was able to do at this event last year, finally before getting knocked out uh, by Belinda Bencic. It was a massive week for Ludmilla Samsonova. At a minimum, she's made it back to the quarterfinals of this event. One and three over Angelina Kalinina. That match was never in doubt, but... Look, six of our top eight seeds are still alive as we head into the quarterfinals of this 500-level event, and I'm all in on all the matchups. Haddad Maya versus Jabur in a French Open quarterfinal rematch from last year that Haddad Maya was able to upset Jabur in. Kasakina versus Kirstea. Kirstea's got the bigger weapons. She's moving so well right now, playing so freely, and can taste that new career high. But again, Kasakina, physical, can do more things. That's a fun. That's a physical match. That's a fun one. Again, that that has track meet a little bit written all over it. Krachikova versus Samsonova, first strike at its finest. And then I would expect Elena Rabakina to roll through her uh, quarterfinal matchup with Buxa. Still, right now, Rabakina, heavy favorite, 41.1. After that, you got Jabur, 17.2. Krachikova, 11.6. Daria Kasakina, 11.2% to win the title. So again, it's Rabakina's world. Everyone else right now just living in it in Abu Dhabi. Those are four outstanding matches. Again, no matter which one you want to tune into, three and a half outstanding, uh, three outstanding matches. Rabakina, Buxa, I'm not going to lie to you listeners, even when we're rapid firing. That's not outstanding, but uh, Hadad Maya Jabur is, Samsonova versus Krachikova is, and given how well Serana Kirstea is playing and given the stakes of her pursuing that career high with the sunshine swing points looming in the background, that's a very much a worthwhile match between her and Daria Kasakina, where, by the way, the career uh, head-to-head 1-1 overall. Those are your quarterfinals in Abu Dhabi, includes Napoca, considering this is our undercard event. I like what we get to deal with uh, in Romania. As you look, only two seeds remaining in the draw here includes Napoca. I guess that makes up for the the absence of only two seeds in Abu Dhabi. Life is balanced. The force is balanced, if we've learned anything from Yoda over the years. Uh, it's top seed Aranx Arus taking on Ana Bogdan. Now, again, each of those players advancing earlier in the weekend, but... Uh, reminder, Roos, three sets over Cornet, Bogdan, straight sets over Erika Andriva. The big developments from the past day, Carolina Pliskova answers the first big test uh, as she tries to make a push back towards the top 50, the former world number one, just blitzed Kami Osorio, played top 50 tennis. Again, her weapons were just too much for the young Colombian to handle. 2-1 win for Pliskova. She'll now take on Sarah Arani after the Italian veteran 0-1 over number two seed Tatiana Maria. Look, if you're disciplined and you can handle the Tatiana Maria slice, lopsided scoreline like that doesn't not make sense. So again, that's a good win for Ronnie, but talk about another massive opportunity for Pliskova. I said it a couple days ago. 
I, sh- I think she has to win this event at a minimum, make the final, but just to get things going for her here early in the season, as again, she makes a push in what is clearly the final stage of her career. Anyways, Big win for Pliskova, 2-1. Massive opportunity for her against Sarah Aran, even though it's a 1-1 career head-to-head. Pliskova had an 80.6% favorite. She's a 38% favorite overall. Shout-out to Sevastova. She knocks out six-seeded Elena Avanisian. The Latvians comeback tournament continuing to go successfully. She'll take on a Jacqueline Christian, who... Looking to make a top ten, uh, top one hundred push. Excuse me, is Christian four in love win for her over the always dangerous Clara Toss, and that's a really good win uh, for the Romanian who dealt with a lot of injuries early last year. Excuse me, top one hundred push. Jacqueline Christian, the twenty five year old's back up to number seventy four in the live rankings. So again, big quarterfinal showing uh, for Christian. As yeah, you look at what she's done now, bunch of one twenty five k success to build up her ranking at the end of last season. You look at what she was able to do in Linz, lucky loser, but gets a main draw win there. Now into the quarterfinals here at Cluj-Napoca for what it's worth. Uh, you look for Jacqueline Christian in her career. This is quarterfinal, what number? I'm going to guess five. No, quarterfinal number seven for Christian in the 25-year-old's career at the tour level. Gets her back into the top 80 uh, with the result again. Uh, you look at this tennis abstract singles forecast right now. Pliskova, the favorite, 38%. Then Sevastova, 20. Parisas Diaz, 11.1. Bogdan, 12.7. Bogdan, the number eight seed, actually the favorite against Aranxa Rus. Bogdan, 3-0 against Rus in their career head-to-head. So perhaps that has some impact on the tennis abstract projection, that said. Uh, that's where things are right now in Cluj-Napoca. And I guess since I have it open right now in Mumbai, quarterfinals are Polona. Kudermatova versus Simonestaya. Uh, Ariane Hartona, former Ole Miss All-American, taking on Uchijima. Katie Valinets taking on Sohyun Park. Unfortunately, the, ma- the marquee matchup we were all hoping for, Storm Sanders versus Alina Kornieva, not going to happen. Kornieva forced to withdraw uh, from the event. Thus, Storm Sanders, prohibitive favorite, 47.4 to win. And after that, Valinets, who's on the same side of her, 26.8, would be a massive moment for Valinets. If she can win this event, she will be back up into the top. Top 100 of the live rankings, of course, if uh, Storm Sanders is able to win this event. Where will Storm Sanders find herself? She would jump all the way up to number 118 in the live rankings, which, by the way, would be a career high uh, for the 29-year-old. That said, that's everything on the women's side going on this week to pick things up on the men's side. There was a rainout in Cordoba, so we can pretty much skip that. Fourth-seeded Sebastian Ofner, uh, ultimately the only match that finished on the day. Did I say fourth-seeded? Excuse me, I think Ofner. Uh, yeah, no, he was the number four seed. He got knocked out in round number one. Luciano uh, Darderi, the talented young Italian, 0-3. If you listened to the pod yesterday, you know I said that one could get a little bit frisky. Indeed, it did. But after that, everything got canceled due to rain. So I'll offer you a further Cordoba update tomorrow on the Dallas side of things, which is where I'm going to start here today, even though it's probably the lesser of the two draws. Quarterfinals are set. I enjoy all of them, and I really liked Francis Tiafo's victory tonight. I thought he played one of his better matches to date. Again, there haven't been that many this season, but Tiafo 4-3 and three over Alex Mickelson. Again, it's crazy to say that 
Tiafo is not the young American anymore because in my mind, he is the perennial young ascending American working to find that new peak. But Tiafo is 26 years old. Take it on a teenager in Alex Mickelson. That's a match he should win every time. And he does four and three. You know, again, Mickelson just wasn't quite ready physically for the consistency and obviously the heaviness, the action behind the Francis Tiafo weapons. Good win for Francis. Sets up a very fun matchup with Marcos Giron. Giron up, upsetting fourth, uh, succeeded Max Purcell four and three. It's a good result for Marcos Giron. You look for him now in terms of quarterfinals overall. It's his fourth at the tour level in the past year. You look for him now overall. Marcos Giron very quietly uh, now uh, has reached 16. This is his 16th pro quarterfinal. By the way, he's made the quarterfinals or further now in Dallas in each of the last three seasons. That's a good number for a guy who like half decade ago was wondering, is he going to have a pro career after he had the double hip replacement surgery and all the injuries he suffered earlier? That's really impressive stuff uh, for Marcos Guerrero. 16 for the uh, quarterfinals for the former NCAA singles champion at the tour level. Again, a guy who's going to less and less will he have the need to work a second job after his pro career is finished. Now, he'll still need to, but if he spends his money well, he should have six to seven figures, probably seven figures saved up in the bank uh, by the time his pro career finishes. Anyways, uh, again, good win for Garone. Bottom half, uh, next quarterfinal, Manorino going to take on Duckworth. Good win for Duckworth. His serve forehand, six and fours, his way through Chris Eubanks. Bottom half, all pretty straightforward. We talked about it yesterday. Thompson, one and one over Kudla. Shelton, three and three over Moe, where he didn't drop a point on serve in the second set. Tommy, three and two over Taro Daniel. Cope for three and six over Renki Hijikata. Again, another tournament where six of our top eight seeds advance to the quarterfinals. Right now, Tommy Paul, 22.2% favorite. Then Manorino, 22%. Shelton, 18.6%. Tiafo, 16.1%. Tiafo, by the way, three and one in the career head to head with Marcos Giron. I love those quarterfinals. Again, I'm looking forward to it. Indoor hardcourt, if Ben's serves gets hot, there's no reason the young American can't win this title, but I would say Tommy's the most complete of the group, Manorino's the most consistent of the group, and Francis's ceiling is maybe the highest of the group remaining of the players thus far. So buckle your seatbelts. It's going to be a fun finish in Dallas. And then, of course, in Marseille, again, uh, top seed, excuse me, not top seed, second seeded Grigor Dimitrov nearly pushed to a third set today. And, you know, again, ultimately his straight set 6-1-7-6 victory over Sebi Korda. That sounds very straightforward on paper, but, you know, Dimitrov was up a set and a break through the first hour 20 of that matchup, a set and I think either 3-2 or 4-3. And then all of a sudden Korda lands this long rally backhand down the line to end things. This match was extraordinarily physical. It was shocking to see Korda struggle to hit through any court as much as he was struggling to hit through this Marseille court, which feels like it's playing particularly slow this week. That said, the Dimitrov movement was otherworldly. And, you know, his loss to Nuno Borges in the third round of the Australian Open might throw some people off the scent. But go play any of my podcasts from September onwards last year and listen to how I talked about Grigor Dimitrov so fondly. I think he might be playing the best tennis of his career. Certainly he is as fit as he has been in the 2020s. And, you know, again, maybe the natural explosion isn't quite where it was when he was 24, 25, 26 years old, but he's so much more efficient with his movements, anticipates so extraordinarily well. He's just the real freaking deal. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And again, Korda broke back. Korda forces the breaker. Korda 
after going down an early mini break, get things back on serve 5-6 in that second set breaker. But, man, Dimitrov was just everywhere, extending rallies, ultimately draws a quarter backhand error in the net to clinch things. Grigor's playing top 10 ball. I don't know if he's playing top 8 ball anymore. Just, again, the spots are getting filled. Five of the eight, I think, are pretty clear. In no particular order, Djokovic, Sinner, Alcaraz, Medvedev, and then in a particular order, Zverev, fifth. Probably have to have Rublev in that sixth spot, just given his consistency, his win over Demon Hour in Australia. Is Hercot seven? Like, again, talk about a guy who looked really good in a one and four win over Shevchenko, was never in doubt. Obviously, coming off of a really good Australian Open performance, off of a Shanghai Masters title performance to end last season as well. Maybe he's seven. But who's eight after that? Is it Dimitrov? Is it Demonauer? Is it someone else whose name I'm certainly forgetting? You know, again, there's a lot of good candidates out there. Maybe you still have two. I'm disrespecting Stefano Tsitsipas in your mind. How are you going to disrespect what that ceiling can look like? A guy who is five slams removed from making a final in Australia. Um, or four, whatever we're talking about. Math, fun. Um, anyways... Shout out Grigor. That was a really good win. He'll take on Arthur Rinderkanesh. Rinderkanesh, 5-6 and six win over Yuri Lachetchka. He should have won that first set 6-3. Just blinked in a service game after going up an early break, but got that break back, obviously, and able to close things out. It was funny. I listened to Mark Petchy break down Rinderkanesh's serve. He talked about how Rinderkanesh hugs that service tee so much on the ad side, and while that allows him to blast, certainly, uh, that that T serve in a way that it's such a weapon for him. Maybe if he gave himself a little bit more leeway, he'd be able to find a, little, a first forehand a little bit more easily after the first serve. But, you know, again, that's a great win for Rinder Kanesh, who was an alternate into the main draw of this event. And, you know, now he's into another quarterfinal, back up seven spots to number 87, which keeps him inside that top 100 with this quarterfinal run. Obviously, the Dimitrov test is a real test, but credit to uh, Rinder Kanesh getting through to another quarterfinal. Other winners on the day, again, uh, I mentioned Hercot. How about Ugo Umber? I already mentioned his three-set win over Gaston yesterday. Davidovich Fokina does get a 3-5 and five win over Emil Rusevori. How about Zheng Zhizhen? 4-4 four and four over Felix Ogier. Aliasim was broken just once in the match. Felix, too one-dimensional. And in the matches he loses, it's because the one-dimension isn't clicking the way he needs it to. Zheng, with the sort of power, the decisiveness, the weapons he was able to play, uh, pace, he was just he was better at the plus one game uh, than FAA on this day. That's a good win for Zheng Zhizhen, particularly after a disappointing Davis Cup from him. I'm not going to read too much into a Felix loss. I'm done doing that. Um, I will say this is a deep cut for those of you longtime listeners of the mini break. It is unfortunate, but it is worth mentioning. He's fallen out of tier one. Like There was a time where I had Felix in my list of guarantees to win a slam in the 2020s. And he's fallen out. The first player I've ever had fallen out of tier number one. I can't have Zvira fall out just yet because if he wins that match, uh, if he closes things out against Daniil Medvedev, like, I just, again, his ability to fall off and then get back to the top five so quickly in the way that he did. Again, I don't have to like Sasha Zvira to acknowledge the talent he is as a tennis player. I just don't think Felix has as many dimensions to his game as Virov does. Again, that one dimension, that serve, that forehand, when it is landing, he can just overwhelm you with a physicality and a weight of shot that is second to none. 
but he has to be in rhythm to do that. And again, Zheng Zhizhen, too powerful, was able to disrupt that rhythm for FAA today. So Zheng Zhizhen through to the quarterfinals, where he has a date with third seed and Karen Hatchinoff, who again got the 2-2 two and two win over RBA. Right now, according to the Tennis Abstract singles forecast, Dimitrov, 38.9% favorite, then Hercots, 25%. Umber at 14.5% after that. He's a 60.6% favorite against Davidovich Fokina tomorrow. Hatchinov 10.4 after that. Again, they say pick an unsaved name out of a hat. That is your look at the Marseille draw. I guess to rapid fire through the challengers quickly. Favorite in uh, Nottingham as of right now. Fourth seeded, uh, excuse me, unseeded Mikhail Kukushkin. After that, fourth seeded Abdullah Shelby. Then there's a break at the Bernie Challenger. Uh, your favorite right now is still uh, Yasutaka Uchiyama, who will take on Christian Langmo. Again, Tu Lee, 21.7%. Austin, uh, Adam Walton, 18.7%. And then Shanai Challenger, Lucanard. Uh, how many seeds do we have left? Our top three seeds all still around, and four of our top five seeds still alive. You've got our boy Makun Sasakumar in this one, uh, former World Junior top five. Uh, Jason Sung alive. Luca. Nardi, who was in the next-gen finals last year, he's still alive as his favorite second-seeded Submit Nagal. That is your look, folks, at everything going on at the pro level over the past 24 hours. Now, of course, the reason for the rapid-fire takes, the reason we didn't get into hold percentages, break percentages, etc. here on today's show is because I got more preparation to do as we eagerly anticipate the start of one of our favorite stretches at Crack Rackets. It's national indoor season. The Division I women's event begins tomorrow, 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, on our Cracked Rackets YouTube channel. Be sure to tune in where you can check out all of the latest and greatest upgrades our super producer, Daniel Westhoff, has made to our broadcast. By the way, a shout-out to him, as always, for the (laughs) of an editing job he does day in, day out, making all of our content possible. Uh, A shout-out as well to the support we get from our dear friends at Tennis Point, tennis pointcom The promo code is CR15. One last reminder, not about the national indoor start time, 9 a.m. Pacific tomorrow, but again, I'm going to try my best to have podcasts for you over the course of the weekend to keep you up to date on everything at the pro level. If I am unable to do so, I promise it's not because I'm tanking. It's because I'm dead after a 14, 15-hour day broadcast. But in the meantime, I will do my best to have these episodes for you moving forward. For now, though, for our fantastic super producer, Daniel Westhoff, our friends at Tennis Point, from all of us here at Book Crack Rack and Detention Show Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we said. That's the break. We'll talk to you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone.